Please note this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information, images, and other materials contained are for informational purposes only. No information discussed is a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please seek help from your physician for medical questions or advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brain Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Turos. I'm your brain coach. And my goal is to create a community of educators, therapists, clinicians, family members, researchers, and any other person who supports a healthy brain. Thanks for joining us today, and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Brain Coach. I'm Mary Taros, your brain coach. And with me today, I want to welcome Mia, a parent and a mom extraordinaire. Um, She does everything. So welcome, Mia. Hi, Mary. For uh, joining me today. I mean, you're such a bastion of knowledge about navigating so many different areas of working with kids who who have learning challenges, learning disabilities. So we're, we're just going to dive right into some questions. And if you want to give yourself, you are a mom extraordinaire, but if you want to add it <laughs> to that. That makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, it does, because I don't think of that, you know, but thank you, I guess, is an appropriate thing to say for saying that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of a lot of families out there feel like they're the only ones going through some of the things I know you've gone through. And mm-hmm. I just want to build a community, you know, part of my whole rationale for doing this is so we can build a community where people don't feel so isolated. They don't feel alone. Yeah, that's huge because it is so isolating. Mm-hmm. It is so isolating. And especially if you have friends that are about your age and they're having their kids and their kids are, oh, and I hate to even use this word neurologically typical. Um, I hate that word, but anyway, um, or, you know, just doing things that most kids do and your kid isn't, um, yeah, it's incredibly isolating and, um, terrifying at the same time. And you, then you start second guessing yourself. Is there something, is it? Yeah. It's a whole thing. (laughs) So I think it's an awesome thing that you're doing because I would have loved to have had some kind of resource, um, to go to where there were people that were dealing with what I was dealing with, you know, at the same time. And now social media is much bigger than it was when I was dealing with a lot of things with my son. So there are more avenues. Yeah, that's true. But there are a lot of people that are still hesitant to talk about it, or they don't really know where to look for resources. And quite frankly, some of the families that I work with don't understand the diagnosis and when when their kid is doing something that is so illogical or that is so different from the way the parent would do it. I, I hear that a lot. In fact, today I had a conversation with a parent who just said, I just don't understand my kid and that makes mm. me feel bad. So, you know, the more information we can get out there for people, mm-hmm. I think the better it is. And, and to break down some of these walls, um, of isolation, right? But, but yeah, really, absolutely. So, like, what was your journey? How did you get 
how did you figure it all out? Because you did a great job. You really did. Well, I got to say thank you. I'm going to say thank you again. And I'm going, I have to say, when I look at my boy, my son today, I think, wow, he's doing okay. And if I had known 10 years ago that he'd be here now, I could have breathed a little more easily. But anyway, can't do that. So um, the journey, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I was never one of those women that um, babysat all the time. And so I was never used to little kids, right? So anyway, I, when he was little, my son did a lot of things that in hindsight were signs that there might be some things going on, but I didn't know because I wasn't one of those people. Right. Um, and, um, but we did have him evaluated at uh, two years, let's see, he was, he was almost three years old. He was, he turned three the next month from, so we had him evaluated in June and he turned three the next month in July. And um, because he was really slow to walk, really slow to talk. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. My mother, who was a priest uh, teacher, she kept saying he should be talking. He should be walking. I was like, whatever, he's fine. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like the first sort of inkling yeah. But I took him to infants and toddlers. I don't even know if they still have infants and toddlers anyway. And um, they did an evaluation. They said, no, he's just moving on his own time. He's fine. He's just taking his own time. And I'm like, okay, didn't think about it. And then there were, again, little things that I noticed now looking back, I would tell a parent, hmm, just keep an eye on that. You know, if someone were to ask me, I would never say it to a parent if they're in, if they're not even aware, because it's just too overwhelming. And I don't want to be right. the person to like break that to someone, but um, you know, I just noticed certain things like he could never remember the color Brown. Hmm. He would tell me it's the color of dirt. It's the color of trees, but the name of it, he could just never remember. Mm -hmm. Um, he couldn't tell his left from his right. And I thought, well, that's just, he's just little, he's four. How, how is a four-year-old going to know left from right? And yet we'd go spend time with friends of mine with kids the same age. And they'd, they'd be yelling to their children down the sidewalk, you know, stop there then to go left go left at the corner you know make a left and the kid would make a left and my kid would be standing there like what yeah. <laughs> and so there were just little things like that that I thought hmm, that's kind of interesting but again I didn't think there was anything up I just thought he's going to do it in his own time and then kindergarten his kindergarten teacher was the first one to tell me she didn't say that she thought he had ADHD but she said you have to try and work with him on waiting make him wait. Okay. Well, if any of anybody knows anything about kids with ADHD, telling them to wait doesn't really <laughs> solve the problem, <laughs> you know, kind of makes it worse. Um, I mean, they can learn to wait, but just to say, you know, anyway, so that was right. And she kept saying, I've been doing this for 25 years and he should be able to, you know, wait in line when we do this, he should be able to do this. And I'm like, okay. And my kid never liked Cheerios. Okay, I never understood why. I just thought he didn't like Cheerios. Well, this kindergarten teacher said, also make sure he works with, plays with Legos. And I thought, oh, he hates Legos. Well, of course he hates Legos because he has um, dysgraphia and he couldn't pick up the Lego. He couldn't pick up and play with the Legos. And that's why he hated Cheerios. He couldn't pick up the Cheerios. I didn't, I didn't realize that, right? So those were all sort of like the first beginning little things with him. And um and I know, and again, in hindsight, looking back in kindergarten, he was so cute because he would say he wouldn't, he couldn't remember any of his friends' names. Yeah. And 
um, that's all related to his dyslexia and his processing speed and everything. And so he would, he's, there's kids like my kid are so amazing. And I really feel like they do way more than most kids because he figured out early on, he just called all of his friends at school, dude. <laughs> so they'd walk in and they'd be like, hey, hey. And he'd say, hey, dude, because he couldn't remember their names, which I just think is hilarious. But anyway. So then we could tell by the end of kindergarten that he was not reading at the level. He's got dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia. He's got so many things, my kid. He's got like a 42 page diagnosis. Uh, It's seriously, anyway. And um, so he, we decided, we decided to put him in this preschool. They had a pre-first class. So we said, well, put him in pre-first, let him be a little more mature. Because again, I'm thinking infants and toddlers, he just does things a little slower, that's just him. And I'm like, okay, so he's a little slower with kindergarten. You know, we'll do pre-first. And my husband was on board and we did that. But about, I guess about April of pre-first year, they said, nah, you need to have him evaluated for learning disabilities. So we went to an educational psychologist and she just did an educational eval and found that he was dyslexic, dysgraphic, and has dyscalculia. So the three, the three D's. <laughs> and um, and um, so that was that. And you know, so we put him in this private school for kids with dyslexia, but we didn't know about the ADHD and, or the anxiety or the ASD or the OCD or, 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 or. <laughs> like I said, it's a 42 page diagnosis. There's a lot. Um, so, um, he kept getting frustrated there. He didn't like it. My husband and I are paying all this money and he's crying in the car on the way to school and on the way home from school, yeah. which, you know, as a parent, it's like your heart is breaking, you know? Right. And, um, right. and so then, okay. It's like a long story. You're kind of going to be like, okay, we, this is too long, but I have, this is the story. This is um, a common story though. I hear this a lot with- this is the story. So um, I was doing foster care at the time and I had a foster daughter and um, because of, I all did, did medically complex foster kids. And so I had to take her to a developmental pediatrician for some of her stuff. And I'm filling out the questionnaire and they're like, does your child do this? And I'm thinking she doesn't, but my son does. Does your <laughs> child do this? She doesn't, but my son does. You know, it's one of those like, yes or no question, yeah, check yeah, it yeah. off, you know? And it was back at two pages front and back. And I, checked off hardly any for her, but uh, almost all of them for my son. And so the, um, you know, it's a University of Maryland. And so the resident came in because she's prepping me before the doctor comes in, you know, and um, she's like, so everything okay? I said, I think I have the wrong kid here. <laughs> and she looked at me, she's like, what? I said, I have a son that answers yes to almost all of these. She doesn't. She's like, well, we'll see him too. And I'm like, okay. And that's what we did. Honestly, yeah. I really think it was, um, like serendipity yeah, and um, it was just, uh, it was supposed to happen that I was supposed to go to that developmental pediatrician and, and then that was the beginning of the journey of all the different diagnoses coming out and finding out exactly what was going on with him. But it was a good thing in the end. It was yeah. terrifying at the beginning. Yeah, what were some of your worries about him well one of after we got the first the developmental pediatrician said go take him and get him evaluated get a full neuropsych and so we did and then the person that read the 
results said to my husband and me, well, with a lot of handholding, he may possibly, again, with a lot of handholding, be able to go to college and live on his own. And we're like, I literally wanted to throw up. <laughs> literally. I mean, it was like, what are you talking about? This is my awesome, amazing, sweet, thoughtful, so adorable, yummy little boy. What are you talking about? And this person insisted that we had to put him on medication right away. And, and he was eight and he was turning nine and you have to get him on these meds before nine, because if he's not, if you don't do that, then uh, he's, you're going to miss, it's not going to change his brain. It was so overwhelming. Yeah. And that, that's one of the biggest struggles is you get all this information from all these different people and you're like, what, what, what? And then of course, friends and family feel like they're the professionals and they can tell you what to do. And, um, right. you know, so, so sorting it out was part of the struggle and um, keeping calm mm -hmm. was part of the struggle mm -hmm. and yet feeling my feelings because it is, um, okay, I'm going to use the word grief. There is grief that's associated with it. You know, my husband has an advanced degree. I have an advanced degree. We just kind of thought our kid would go to college easily and definitely end up with a, at least a college degree, probably advanced degrees. Not that that matters that much. It was just a thing, like right. a, a new reality. Right. Um, those were some of the biggest struggles was were really acceptance, getting to a place of acceptance and um, whew, this is making me misty bringing up stuff, um, <laughs> memories, um, not worrying about what other people thought. Yes. You know, that's a really big thing. And still to this day, like I am so incredibly proud of my kid. I love my kid. He's the most awesome. He is really an awesome, awesome human being. He's kind. And I can second that because I know this kid. <laughs> I know this kid. <laughs> and, um, you know, and he's going to go to community college this fall. And I am so incredibly proud of him. He's going to do a mechanics program. He might not get an associate's degree, but he's going to do something, you know, and my husband and I are ecstatic. And I can tell you when I tell people, even some just, well, anyway, I'm going to think about what I say. <laughs> when I tell a lot of people, um, they give me a smile like, oh, that's great. But their eyes and their facial expressions say they can't believe it, that they don't think that's so great. Like they expected more. And so it's a lot of not worrying about what other people care yeah. about or think about, you know? Yeah. And he's, you know, you know, college is a great place to go to learn how to think, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee, you know, this fantastic job. And, and I always tell parents, my philosophy is you go to school to learn how to think, how to adapt, how to be advocate for yourself. You don't go to school to get a job. Right. And that's where I think a lot of people get thrown off. Right. So what I, and I can say this because I do personally know your son. And, and again, I appreciate you sharing your story because this is one of many, right. Yeah. But I do know your son and I, I knew, I knew he was, you know, at the end of the day, once he got through high school, I knew he was going to be a productive member of society. It was just not going to be, 
the, I don't even want to call it in the box because nobody should be in a box, right? Oof, yeah. I, but I, he is, he is a really empathetic, um, caring person who would never hurt anybody. And that means a lot. And, mm -hmm. and he, he works hard for what he, what he wants to achieve and not just, um, academically, but also he's, you know, he's got these, he's had several jobs and he does really well at them. Mm -hmm. And, and he also gave me really good advice about a car I should buy. You know, <laughs> he told me to not buy a Tesla but because Miss Mary, your brain just doesn't work the way the Tesla cars operate. It wouldn't be a good fit for your brain. So, you know, <laughs> And he's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's absolutely right. He will tell you what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one thing I've had to tell some parents too, which has been a you know, a friend of mine took him somewhere one day. She's got five kids, so she was like, "He can come with us." And he was little, and he came home, and the first thing he's, I said, "Did you have fun?" He said, "Mommy, her car has so many, so much dirt in it. There are French fries in there. <laughs> it is so dirty." I was like, "Shh, shh, shh you don't say that to people." <laughs> That's a, he doesn't that filter sometimes he just tells you what he thinks there's yeah, not a lot but it's that, never but. from malice you know mm -hmm. it's just complete honesty and and there's a lot to be said for that you know you know where you where you stand with that kid you know so <laughs> so anyway you so ultimately you chose to um homeschool mm -hmm. son, right I so did. Can you tell a little bit about your experience with the homeschool system? I, and by the way, I want to come back to this particular part of the interview in a future interview okay. about homeschooling, because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about homeschooling and, <laughs> and I just want to get different perspectives on it. And I, I think you would be a valuable resource for anybody listening, but anyway, so tell, tell me a little bit about your experience with that system. Well, you know, there was really no school for my son. There was a school for kids on the autism spectrum, which even though nobody had diagnosed him at that point, they everybody kept telling us it would be a great school for him, but they didn't have a school. They didn't have anyone to deal with the dys dyslexia, dyscraphia, dyscalculia. So we were kind of, you know, they're like, you can bring a tutor in for, an, you know, you pay a gazillion dollars for your private school. And then for another gazillion dollars, we can have a private tutor come in to do the math and the reading and he'll miss, you know, recess so that he can learn and I'm like no so I, I remember I looked at my husband and I said I want to homeschool and he was like are you crazy <laughs> but um honestly I can say and, and I would love to talk about it more because I think there are a lot of misconceptions about yes. homeschooling um it was the best decision that I ever made um yes it's really hard and some days I would I was frustrated but you know you have frustrating days whether your kid's homeschooled or goes to school and I think school works really well for kids um, that think a certain way. I think school right. is perfect. Uh, it's, you know, my niece and nephew, they did great in school. Um, my kid, school just didn't work for him. He was getting bullied. He was, you know, he was in a school for kids with dyslexia. There were nine kids in his class and they'd invite everybody else to birthday parties except for my son. And that was really hurtful to him because I'd come in on Monday and everybody would be talking about the birthday party and he wasn't there. And as a parent, that breaks your heart. So um, I just went into mama bear mode, really, and thought, I'm just going to take care of this myself. Nobody gets my kid. And, and that's one thing I would love to tell parents is trust yourself. Like, you know, your kid better than anyone. 
And um, and I sent it to my husband and we watched a couple of videos that a friend of mine, my neighbor who was homeschooling her kids, she recommended. I, I was right on board with it right away. He was really hesitant, but he came along. Um, and the the beauty of, first I want to just say, and we can talk about this more later, Mary, but I want to say homeschooling is not school at home. Right. It's not. And so people that had their kids at home because of COVID and their kid was in front of a computer, that's not homeschooling. That's virtual school from school, but doing it virtually at home. It's a completely different thing. Right. Um, and, um, and I just can tell you, homeschooling was the best thing for my kid. I could cater his classes to what interested him. He learned how to, like you said, he's had a lot of businesses. Part of having businesses was his home. That was his homeschool. That's how he learned math. He knows how to run a business. He knows about profit margins. He knows about gross profit, net profit. He knows about supply sources. I mean, he knows. He would complain uh, to me about taxes occasionally. <laughs> things that most kids his age don't know because he's run two businesses and um that was his math it was math it was economics it was you know so the way that the thing the beauty about where we live you know in maryland is that we have really good homeschool laws so um you can cater it really to to your own child and um and you and your lifestyle so yeah it worked wonderfully for us and um, you know, and he's graduating now. He's gra- I, I've I've got his diploma. I haven't actually showed it to him yet. I'm not showing it to him until I get the actual till we have a fancy uh, party for it. But not <laughs> fancy, but a party for it. But yeah, it was the best thing ever. And um, a lot of homeschool kids are other kids that school doesn't work for them, so they're all a little bit individual or quirky, but quirky in a good way. I mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, so he fit in better with those kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know he so, still struggles with friendships I mean I'm going to be honest like yeah. he's he's not a kid that's going to ever have that pack of like five or six friends that he has that's just not my kid but that's again an acceptance thing yeah yeah and and he's happy you know he's doing oh, yeah. things that make him happy so so it, what at what point did you feel like okay he's going to be okay <laughs> when did it click <laughs> last week no huh? yeah pretty much <laughs> um, um okay well as a parent you never know that your kids could be 100 percent okay because you're always there's always something to worry about okay but that aside um uh, really honestly it really kind of was this year after working with this ex- awesome executive function coach that i found <laughs> um, um no really i you know, and again, I'm probably jumping all around, but I feel like this is another thing for parents, like that I wish somebody, you know, that I did, right, was when you find a good team of professionals that you like, that you trust, and you might have to interview two or three before you find the ones, then trust them and then do what they tell you to do. I mean, work together with them as a team because you know your kid better than anybody, but don't second guess them. Or if you do second guess them, work, tell them that you're second guessing them, work with them to figure out a way that works for you. Because I'm not kidding. You helped my son so much with so many of the things that would really worry my husband and me about how is he going to live in life this way? He was always late. He was always forgetting stuff. He, 
was just so scattered. You know, of course, that's his executive function disorder. That's part of the 42 page diagnosis. Um, and, um, you know, that time blindness thing is like, how, how is he going to live life like that? You know, so uh, um, I would honestly say, I think, I think it's really been probably last summer. I started to think, I think he's going to be okay. He's, he's found this group of people that have the same interests that he has. And he's got, he's friendly with a lot of them. They're, he's again, never going to be a kid that has really close relationships, close friendships, but it's okay. He's found a group of people that he's as in, as an 18 year old, almost 19 year old kid, he can go out with and hang out and feel like he's having a social life, you know? And he's getting places on time and I'm not doing his schedule for him anymore. And I'm not nagging and I'm not reminding, 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 because I'd hated being the nag. Yeah. I think I told you that when I first started talking to you, I was like, I'm such a nag and I hate being the nag with my kid. Um, so I really do think it was probably last summer around his 18th birthday thinking, oh my gosh, I think he might be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what you have just described, honestly, Mia, is what a lot of families tell me they feel, right? <laughs> and they think they're the only ones or that their situation is truly unique to their own family. And it's really not, but you did a really great job of building your community, like, and it took time, right? Mm -hmm. So, so how did, like, what would, if you had to give somebody advice who's struggling about that right now, how would you recommend they start looking for their community, their team, um, mm -hmm. for their kid for their family and for the family quite frankly because it's not just the kid it's everybody who's in that family right so yeah it is and and again it can I mean I'm not it, it can still be isolating okay like my um a lot of my good friends still don't really get my kid they 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 well anyway they hang out with my boy they mm -hmm. are kind to him and stuff but they don't really get him so I would say the community that I have, first of all, is find the good professionals, right? And like I said, interview a bunch. I feel really blessed that I went to this developmental pediatrician who's no longer doing it in, in our region. I think he's in DC now, but anyway, I don't even know if he's still doing it, but in kind of a serendipitous way, right? That yeah. I found him. And then trust, interview good people, find good people, trust those people, work with them. You know, you don't have to just take all hands off and say, well, they're doing it, but work right. with them. And so to have a good team is huge. And, and for me and my husband, we both agreed that we wanted the team to be a team. And we told everybody before we brought them on board, you will have to talk to his acupuncturist, his speech therapist, his occupational therapist. Like, I want teamwork. I don't, I don't, I want you all to be able to talk to everybody to find out what's the best thing for my kid and sign all the HIPAA form, whatever forms you need to sign to get everybody to be able to talk to each other. That's, that's huge for the yeah. teamwork community. Um, because I can't tell you how many times, like my son's behavioral therapist would talk to, you know, his occupational therapist about things that she saw that he was struggling with. And the occupational therapist would say, well, you know, regarding emotions or something like that, they'd work together on that. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. Um, social community. <laughs> I seek out people that have, and now that I know what I'm dealing with, <laughs> I can see it in other people and in their kids. <laughs> yeah. And I think, oh, they'd probably be a good fit. 
you know, whether, even if they don't even know yet. And a lot of, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I know. It's, I know. I'm just, I'm not I mean, it's, it's, it's true. And, 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 and that's actually how it happened with me. I was at a homeschool event at this one co-op that we used to go to. And my son had a complete and total meltdown, freaking out. And I'm trying to hold him and calm him down. And I didn't know how to do it. And I was you know, frustrated and he was getting frustrated. And this woman came over to me so nice with her daughter that my son had kind of talked to. And um, she would kind of play by herself with, you know, this group. And, you know, now I go can see totally on the autism spectrum. And um, she said, you know, I have, you know, my daughter used to do that too. I found this amazing um, behavioral therapist that really has turned our whole life around for the whole family. And you might want to talk to her, you know, or you're, and you're welcome to talk to me if you, if you want to. And I was like, what? And she said, my daughter used to do the same thing. And I was, I was able to hear it. Yeah. You know, I didn't defend him like, oh, he's just fine. And I thought, okay, something, nobody else's kid is doing this, but my kid in this room. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, checking your own ego, I guess, checking my ego. I had to check my ego and open myself up to people that knew what they were talking about. And this was just a mom. And she was so nice to me because she saw how frustrated I was, how upset my son was. And she'd been there. And there's something about being with people that have been there that when you tell them, yeah, my kid had a freak out at Panera and people were telling me what a bad mom I was and what a bad kid he was. um, I know what that feels like. It's horrible. I know how that feels. And, And there is help you know yeah so I guess that's how I found paradigm shift when people you know people yeah people do make some judgments and they don't know the whole story right so oh I think that's something we could all but that's a topic for another day yeah yeah, definitely so so, um are I'm gonna completely shift gear so put on your thinking hat Uh uh-oh okay transition this is what I kind of call the rapid fire questions okay right so you up for this I guess we'll, we'll right. see how it goes. <laughs> there are only a few of them. Okay. So the, the one I always ask everybody is, do you have a mantra or some sort of like vision statement? Oh, well, I wouldn't call it a vision statement, <laughs> but I would say that my mantra is everybody that knows me knows it is what it is. Yeah. That's my mantra. I say it all the time. It is what it is. And lately my thing is, you know, I've been reading a lot of Buddhist like quotes lately. I do a lot of spiritual work and, um, and, you know, there's this quote from Buddha. It's like, if, if something can be solved, why worry about it? Of course he says it much more beautifully. And if something can't be solved, then worry is just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And um, so it is what it is. Everything is what it is. You know, I can accept it and it is what it is. I can fight it and it is what it is. I can cry about it and it is what it is. And I'm not saying not to feel your feelings, but feel the feelings and then get to acceptance because it is what it is. <laughs> That's my yeah. mantra. It's not really pro, um, profound, but. No, it, well, it, it is, it is profound <laughs> and it works for you. So, so you've had a lot of success with your kid. You've had a lot of success with yourself, but what would you say your most audacious, spectacular failure is? that is really funny to me because i'm what like okay audacious audacious means like right like daring or kind of like against the i don't know that's a hard one okay i wouldn't i don't know if i would have a failure or if i have regrets Ah. failure 
I mean, one thing that I wish I had, again, I don't know, is it a regret? Like I, well, it depends on how you define failure, right? So the way I define failure is just like a data point where something didn't go as planned (laughs) and you didn't have the success that you had anticipated, but you still learned from it. So failure in my mind is a good thing, especially, you know, if you think about it in the science community, most scientific experiments and most scientific discoveries are you know, based in failure. You fail, you fail, you fail, you fail, you keep hitting it, you learn from it, and then you mm. get there. So I don't know if this is going to fall into, because you go from, you go to such the scientific, because I know that's your brain, you're, you're the, you're the neurology. Take it wherever you want it to. <laughs> but, um, no, I think honestly, and this, it might sound hokey, but I really feel this way is for so much of my life, I worried so much about what other people cared, thought about me. I cared so much about what other people thought about me and keeping other people happy and not really having my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see in my life today, so I, that's why I don't know if I consider it a failure because today I totally do have my voice and I don't really care anymore what other people think. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I'm just saying in general, if I, if I believe something and I say it and I believe it firmly and it ticks you off or you like me less because of it, I don't really care anymore. Um, but I can see so many things in my life um, that I thought that I think if I had spoken up for myself and been more authentic and true to myself, um, I would have suffered a lot less. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's a big lesson that I learned. That's big. That so that's a period of growth. So yeah, absolutely. That fits. That fits. Okay. Okay. There you go. Good. (laughs) So, so, um, couple more questions. So what motivates you on days where you do feel overwhelmed? How did you get through all that stickiness? Uh, Okay. Well, I, I honestly, girl, I cried a lot. Um, some days I still cry. I'm just going to be honest. Um, but in general, I, um, you know, ugh, I always hated feelings. <laughs> I've hated dealing with feelings, but you know what? I have to feel my feelings. So some days I just try and be really gentle with myself when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I just don't know what to do. And I'm thinking about some of these days with my boy that were really hard days. Some days I would, and this was the beauty of homeschool. I would just say, you know what? We're not, we're just having a fun day today. (laughs) And I would just give us the day off. A brain break. Oh God, that was so helpful to me. And whatever that meant. And sometimes even to this day, if I feel overwhelmed, I'll just, I'm putting on romantic comedies, really cheesy ones. I'm even good with really (laughs) cheesy ones. I want my brain taken away to fantasy land, (laughs) like where everybody is happy and it all ends good. I'm serious. Like that's, I do that a lot. I also, um, I, like I said, I'm a pretty spiritual person. So I meditate a fair amount. Um, if I wake up in the middle of the night worrying about things, um, which I don't do as much, but I still can do. I'm not going to say I don't ever do it. Um, I've been doing it a lot lately because we've got new stuff going on. But anyway, um, I meditate in the middle of the night. I will do a meditation and that usually helps me go back to sleep and calm my brain down. I'm um, I pray, I read a lot of spiritual, different kind of spiritual quotes and people mm-hmm. to just kind of recenter my brain. I take baths. I close the door and say, everybody leave me alone. I'm in the bathtub. 
Oh, it sounds silly, but those are boundaries. These are all things that are healthy boundaries. That's what I'm hearing. And they really help me to feel centered and like, okay, it's overwhelming. I don't know the answer. It is what it is. And uh, more shall be revealed and we'll deal with it tomorrow. But right now today, I'm going to turn on some cheesy romantic comedy, one that I may have seen 50 times. And I'm not going to think about it tonight. Sit in your bubble bath. <laughs> yeah, well, I do. Sometimes I sit in the bubble bath and watch the romantic comedy. So, yeah. I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anything, I mean, you've given so much information and I know I'm going to have you back for more specifics on homeschooling, but is there anything else that you'd like to share? Did I, you know, anything that I might've missed or didn't touch on? that you might Mm. think is helpful for families or parents or even people going through this on their own, trying to figure things out? Um, No, not really. I would just say, like I said before, just trust yourself. You know, you know yourself best, you know your kid best. And don't let, especially the school system, because you know me, Mary, I have a thing about, I feel like a lot of schools try and force your your round your square peg into that round hole and if you're feeling that way don't just trust your gut you know Mm -hmm. especially as the parent you're the parent and if you're thinking this is not supposed to be this hard it's probably not supposed to be that hard you know but no I'm really excited that you're doing this like I said before I'm really excited you're doing this podcast because it would have been it would be have been really helpful to me and I'm sure it's going to be really helpful to a lot of other people just to know they're not alone I really do hope so. So thank you very much. Um, if people want to find out about you and what you're doing, do you do any kind of social media stuff? They can, I don't post a ton of stuff, but I am on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is city underscore mom underscore seven, seven. Okay. If anybody wants to, we'll, to we'll check on it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, cause like I said, you know so much about so many different things and so many angles of this that, you know, you could be a really incredible resource. You are an incredible resource. So many, well, thank you. So many families. And, and I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story and, and be willing to be vulnerable about it. So well, well thank you for asking me. I'm, I'm honored and I'm really honored that I'm, um, I guess honored. All the things you said about my son, I, I can't even tell you how much they warm my heart. So I'm happy to do this for you. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. So, so we'll see you in the ne- in a little while. I don't know exactly when, but uh, we'll come back on and talk about homeschooling. Cause I, I have a lot of questions about homeschooling too. All right. So, Sounds good. Uh, I can give you answers. All right. And you're free to take them or leave them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll know where you stand. <laughs> Because it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> right on. All right. Um, yeah, well, Thanks. thank you so, so much. And Thanks. Um, you have a great afternoon and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at BrainCogCoach or visit our website at BrainCogCoach.com. I'll see you next time and make it a great day.